0: What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I am your host, Mitchell Manis, and I'm here with co-host Jack Manis. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the 106th episode of the podcast. Uh, wow, 106th. It sounds like a lot.
1: So much more than 105. You're right.
0: Yeah. I feel like we really got over the hump after the 105 episode. Um, well, welcome back, folks. Uh, thank you for tuning in to what we have to say today. Today, what we've got on tap for you guys is who's to blame NFC edition. Obviously, we did the AFC edition uh, last week. That was released uh, last Thursday. And if you listen to that, you I, you know the deal of what we're going to do here. But for anyone who's listening to this one first, um, Jack, just briefly explain uh, what we're going to do today.
1: Uh, so here we have uh, the over-under win totals set by FanDuel Sportsbook as of August 27th. Um, we will just be viewing it, uh, each team's win total, through a pessimistic lens and saying if they hit their under, who's to blame, who's at fault uh, if the team performs underperforms this year. That's about it. And right. we also be saying if we think they'll go over under.
0: Right. Yeah. So we, as Jack just said, we will be giving our selections of the over under, and as he just said, uh, who would be to blame if it were to hit the under? All right. Uh, and yeah. So this this is kind of uh, our pseudo NFL preview show. So it's it's kind of like you know a little different how we traditionally do things, but this is what we're going to be going with this year. All right. We will we will get into it here, and we will we're going to start with the NFC North. Um, the Green Bay Packers are the first team. They are favored uh, per FanDuel Sportsbook to win the division, and they have a win total of nine wins, which would put them at the lowest win total for a division winner out of these four NFC divisions. Um, last year, the Packers go thirteen, 13 and three. Thirteen and three. I just heard, yeah, thirteen and three. They go last year, and they obviously lose in the NFC Championship game to the San Francisco 49ers With all that being said, what do you have? How do you see the Packer season playing out? Over under, or push nine wins?
1: I'm going over.
0: I'm going over. All right, I uh, I'm I pushed, but I, had, I, I was very close to saying over. But I think they'll be right around nine wins, nine and seven um is where I see them finishing this year. I just but,
1: don't think that they're not not enough change for them to lose, to be knocked down by four four wins or five right. wins.
0: I had I had a tough time with this one. I was debating going over and if you look at it like you just said there is not much change but and it is a very solid team all around. Right. Um, there's not too many holes with Green Bay this year. They keep most of that core intact from last season. Um, they do. They did go nine and one in one possession games.
1: Yeah, that's uh, kind of big.
0: That is big. That stat tends to fluctuate from year to year, so that could be a reason why they win a couple less games. But again, even if that regresses to the mean, you know they're thirteen and three, so they should be nine nine and seven should probably be the uh, the floor for this team. Uh, but yeah, who who would be to blame if they were to go under nine wins? How what well, well, how would things blow up for Green Bay?
1: Uh, who's to blame? I have Brian Gutekunst.
0: I assume that's their GM.
1: Yes, you assume correctly.
0: Okay, I wasn't one hundred percent sure of that man's name, but okay. All right. Uh, yeah. Why? Just because he didn't he didn't help the team in the win now situation. That's right. The-
1: yeah, you guessed it. Um gotta get more weapons. I think it's obvious. Outside of Devontae Adams, I trust myself out there at receiver more than anyone else. Um Yeah, that's I don't know. Like I think this is a pretty solid team. I kinda alluded to that earlier. It was just a minute ago, but um I just see that as the biggest hole their wide receiver depth and I think Who's to blame is their GM Brian guns for um passing on a wide receiver in the first round or in I don't know how many of the first I forget did they even draft a receiver? Was it like a no, day? They, they, didn't day three? they didn't draft anyone. They did anyone. not draft a single receiver. Yeah, that's bad. That's very bad. <laughs> um right. Yeah, you guess you said it. They're they should be a win down team. And I don't agree with them investing their first round pick in Quarterback,
0: right? Um, so it, it's pretty similar to what I have written down. I, I, so what I wrote down is quarterback relationships. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that's a little off script because that's not an actual category we had, but all right, what I have written for the analysis part is you know, does Aaron Rodgers trust his past catchers outside Devonte Adams? Um, you know, maybe not, maybe that chemistry and rapport strengthens throughout the season um I do I do believe he kind of uh advocated for Alan Lazard a little bit um you know he wasn't getting too much playing time in the beginning of last season and I, I think if I'm not mistaken Aaron Rodgers wanted him to you know get on the field more so I think he does like Alan Lazard but you know he's Alan Lazard so how much can he really do um and also, does he trust the front office? I mean, you know, there was a. Everyone wanted to know what his reaction would be uh, when they got Jordan Love, obviously. And I think he, he was quoted saying he was shocked and, you know, he was a little disappointed. Um, but he, you know, he's handling it relatively professionally. Um, I, from all indications, it doesn't seem like there's any hostility between Rodgers and Jordan Love. Um, you know, I, I think. Rogers posted a picture on Instagram with them together. I mean, that's not the end all be all, but oh, they're good. Um, you know, he seems like he's, you know, somewhat embracing the mentor role. I mean, all professional athletes have that competitive side to them, and he wants to prove that he can still do it. Um, but as long as, you know, he, there's a trust between the front office and Rogers, um, they should be right in the, that playoff, you know, contention, if not to win this division, so... I mean, I, I could see, you know, if things went sour and, you know, maybe they made some moves, uh, the front office, that is, that, you know, Rogers didn't agree with. Maybe that could get a little muddy, but if that could stay, stay good, then the team should be good again.
1: I have to imagine he won't, he doesn't mind his mentor role. Uh, I mean, it was flipped with him. However many years ago, with him in Favre, right? But yeah, Favre
0: I, didn't really embrace that role, so he didn't really get right. that to the full full effect.
1: I just think he's most maybe from what I think. I don't think he's he's most angered by drafting a quarterback. Just the fact he drafted a quarterback in the first round and did not get any any help at right. receiver position, yeah.
0: But yeah, I mean, I was pretty close to saying over as well. So I'm right there with you. I'm not, I can see why you would think that. All right. So if there's nothing else to be said on Green Bay, we'll move on to the Minnesota Vikings, who are projected according to the sports book of FanDuel to come in second place. They have a win total of eight and a half after going 10 and six last year and getting eliminated in in the divisional round of the playoffs. Also to the San Francisco 49ers. So the 49ers eliminated both of these teams. Um, but like I said, their win total is eight and a half. Uh, what do you have for the Vikings? What do you think? Over. I have over as well. I, I like the yeah. Vikings this year. Um, they're also another well-balanced team. There's not too many holes with the Vikings. Um, but w- who who would be to blame if they were to have an eight go eight and eight or worse.
1: It's all on Adam Thielen.
0: So you, you do you you just wrote adam thielen or wide receiver in general
1: no just adam thielen really yes
0: okay i wrote i wrote the wide receiver core but um but yeah elaborate a little bit on why solely on adam thielen for the Vikings season this year
1: um so i would say the wide receiver core and by core that would be referencing thielen and justin jefferson uh primarily Um, but, well, first off, I do think Justin Jefferson's going to have a great year, a great rookie year, arguably maybe the best outside of CeeDee Lamb of the rookie receivers in year one. Um, why I say Adam Thielen is to blame because, uh, coming off of two Pro Bowl seasons, I believe in 2017-18, he had not a good year, uh, played only 10 games, but, uh, over 16 games, his stats would have been 48 receptions and 660 yards, I believe. Um, that just that can't happen for for a wide receiver one on this team. A Kirk Cousins wide receiver one. I mean, the, the Vikings and Cousins they they do a high volume of they do a lot of passing uh, almost exclusively to two wide receivers. They do a lot of two wide receiver sets. Um, so I do believe. I'm not saying I don't. I don't. I'm not saying Thielen won't perform, but I think there's a considerable amount of pressure on him because uh, he's supposed to be the wide their number one receiver, um, and he's got to return to form of 2018. Adam Thielen, if he is going to do that,
0: right? Um, I, re- I agree with everything you said. I um, I put the wide receiver group in general, and obviously that includes Adam Thielen. Um, Adam Leland's 30, so he's not getting any younger and he missed six games last year. So, you know, injuries could play a part as, as with anyone who gets older in a in a professional sport. Um, I, I have confidence in Justin Jefferson, but like I said, if he doesn't produce right away, you know, it, you can't, you know, fully expect him to just jump right in the role and be a you know pro bowl level talent, uh, like Stefan, Stefan Diggs was. But you know it's pretty thin behind them. They've got B.C. Johnson and uh, Tajay Sharp. Tajay Sharp. They're the uh, really the only people behind those. I can't two even guys. think of anyone else. Right. So you know if th- if Thielen were to slow down due to age or injury, whatever that may be, and Jefferson doesn't produce right away, the Vikings could become pretty one dimensional and just be one of the higher rushing attempt teams in the league. I mean, they could be that anyway. They probably will be. Um, You know, they got a strong running back group with Cook and Madison's more than competent backup behind him. Right. So they could become one-dimensional if the wide receiver group is just super thin. Um, That could, you know, inhibit their offense a little bit. So I think – and that would all be due to the wide receiver play. Uh, That's why I put them there. But I think the Vikings will be fine. Um, They're a good team. Yeah. Well-run from the top down. Mike Zimmer's a great coach. They uh, lose Kevin Stavansky, though. Yeah. No, that's He's true. He's been there
1: forever. And uh, there,
0: Do you know who their offensive coordinator is currently?
1: I don't. I don't know who they replaced Stavansky with. Um, so that could be something. But I still have faith in the Vikings, as you do, too.
0: Right. I can't, um, I can't imagine they would abandon their philosophy of putting emphasis on the run game. Because um, that's just the way their team is structured. Um Gary right Kubiak, now. Gary Kubiak. Yeah, he's he's very experienced as well. So I, I don't think that that gap will not be noticeable. Um, you know, Stefanski was very good, but Gary Kubiak's had some uh, good years as well. He he was the Broncos coach when they won the Super Bowl, right? So yeah, yeah Gary Kubiak knows what he's doing. Um, all right, so very good. Seems like we're in agreement so far. Um, I believe we'll g- agree with the next one as well. Uh, we have the Chicago Bears, with a win total of eight wins. Uh, La- last year, the Bears go eight and eight. So, oh. right around that mark last year, I was a little surprised at that as well. I thought, I thought they were worse than eight and eight. I, I, if if you just told me to guess, I would have guessed they were probably about six and ten. Uh, but the Bears have a win total of eight. went eight and eight last year. What do you think?
1: I think it's an obvious under.
0: Yeah, eight seemed a little high for me.
1: Yeah. Like and I'll just go right into who's my who to who's to blame. Uh I I'm gonna predict you agree. Uh it's Trubisky slash quarterback play. Um I've
0: got I've got quarterback as well.
1: <laughs> He's just awful.
0: I've got I've got a decent <laughs> amount of stats on these two guys, but go, you can go, go. ahead no, first. No, 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 you go, go. you go, you go. I really
1: I'm Yeah, I don't really have much to say. I just think this is kind of obvious. So let loose.
0: All right. So obviously, people know that Mitch Trubisky is not the best quarterback. Um, He had a decent twenty eighteen season. So a lot of a lot of people think thought thought he may you know progress and take that next step into the last season.
1: He had other ideas.
0: I believe he. I heard somewhere that he was the most popular MVP pick or bet like bet wise. I could be wrong, or he was probably.
1: I can't imagine that's true. <laughs>
0: a, lot of, a lot of people were on him though, because he was a pretty good value.
1: Yeah, I the know, va- I, I do remember
0: that though. Yes. Right, so people considered him a dark horse. Um, yeah, people like taking younger quarterbacks, taking the next step in the second or third year. But obviously, that 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 was a straight up donation to the to the sports books. If you yeah. did that, uh, Trubisky's completion percentage dropped by three point four percent last season and he only threw 17 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. So, you know, through seven less touchdowns from 2018 to 2019, um, the Bears obviously won less games. So it was a complete mess, and he he went the wrong way. He, he went backwards in this play. Now, Trubisky might not even be the quarterback. Um, it's kind of up in the air. I've heard a little bit more buzz on Nick Foles being the starting quarterback week one, so that is certainly a strong possibility. But, but Trubisky
1: says it's his team.
0: That's what Trubisky said.
1: Says so I still feel like this is my team.
0: Maybe I mean, it's very, it's a very strong possibility that b- both of these guys could play at some point in twenty twenty.
1: As the guys on Barstool, I mean, on PM or part of my take say, <laughs> for the if you're saying this is still your team, it's most likely not not your team.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is. So, true. Go,
1: what do you got to say on Bulls?
0: So outside of Philadelphia. Um. Obviously, Foles has thrived in Philadelphia. Um, we all know he won the Super Bowl and just generally has played pretty well in in Philadelphia. He's got good numbers. Yeah. Um, won a lot of games there. So, taking Philly out of it, um, he's played. He's started sixteen games. Okay. Across three different teams, and he's only gone five and eleven, and he's thrown thirteen touchdowns and twelve picks. I could do that. <laughs> Um, not quite, but yeah, not, not good numbers overall. And I, I don't have his exact completion percentage, but it was considerably worse than it was in Philadelphia. It was or like upper fifties. Thirty-nine percent. No, not, not Tim Tebow level, but
1: wait, um, was Tim Tebow in the thirties?
0: I think he was low fifties or upper forties. No, not thirties. That that that's that's an exaggeration. Regardless, not good numbers for Foles outside of Philadelphia. Um, like I said, almost as many oh. interceptions as touchdowns. So, you know, I love Foles, he's a good guy, but great guy, great man. Outside of Philadelphia, I'm not very impressed with his numbers. You know, he was I mean, he got hurt last year in Jacksonville, but you know, Gardner Minshew was outplaying him, so I I don't know. I don't have too much confidence in the quarterback play uh for Chicago this year. They've got a solid roster otherwise. Their offensive line's kind of they're called it's kind of decreased um Quality-wise, over the past couple of years, but it's still a solid roster, still a decent defense. Um, but you know, I, I see them as a six or seven-win team. Debo's
1: completion percentage on his career was forty-seven.
0: Yeah, see, I knew it was like upper forties. That's bad. so not good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, we'll move on to the last team in the NFC North. We've got the Detroit Lions. They have a win total of seven after last year. Going 312 and one. I mean, obviously, that is due to Matthew Stafford being out for the majority of the season. So their, their season kind of uh, spiraled out of control, if you will. Um, but what do you think about the Lions and who would be to blame if they were hit their under?
1: First off, are they going to hit their under? What was it?
0: Seven. Sorry.
1: <sighs> nah, over.
0: Yeah. So, see, give them eight said, wins.
1: Give them eight said, wins right now.
0: I said over as well, and I don't know if that's just a foolish prediction or not, because I I really like this offense, as I'm sure you do as well. Yeah, you've got a uh, couple investments in their offense.
1: Only so, one. but
0: yes, I don't know. I don't know if that's me just being. Oh wait,
1: a couple. You're right.
0: Yeah, DeAndre Swift and Hawkinson. I forgot about Swift. Uh, but yeah, who would who would you be to blame if they were to go under? Which is you know very likely the team. Won three games last year. So, what do you think?
1: Uh, it's their head coach. It's Matt yeah. Patricia.
0: Yeah, we are we are uh, in complete agreement with the NFC North because I also said Matt Patricia.
1: Um. You alluded to it just a second ago. Uh, I think this offense has potential to be electric. <laughs> I know that's kind of hard to believe out of that's not what you'd expect from the Lions, but um, Stafford is a high volume quarterback puts out a pumps out a lot of stats. Um, they have Kenny Galladay who led the league in receiving touchdowns last year. Marvin Jones is always underrated a uh, receiver. Um, Hawkinson uh, great tight end, a top 10 pick. Um, and then they invested their early second in Deandre Swift, who I consistently call the, uh, He's going to be the Alvin Kamara of 2017. But the 2020 version of Alvin Kamara in 2017. Um, I think he's going to be great. And I don't, I talk down carry on a lot. Um, I don't trust his health, which is true. But uh, from a football standpoint, having Swift and John, carry on. In, I mean, a non-fantasy standpoint is what I meant. Having Swift and carry on it back, that's a very, very solid uh, running back duo. Um. Yeah, what do you want? Their defense. Uh, Looking at their roster, their depth chart, their defense, it just kind of looks like Patriots are stealing players left and right from, from the Patriots. <laughs> um, it's a solid defense, I think. I don't know. It's kind of underwhelming. They lost Stereo Slay, obviously. They replaced him with Jeff Okuda, who I think is going to be great. Um, They also add Desmond Trufant. Another corner, so I like the corners.
0: Yeah, so uh, yeah, I, I think Matt Patricia would be to blame. He's been the coach for two seasons thus far uh, in Detroit. Right. And he has a record, record. He has a record of nine twenty-two and one across those two seasons. So
1: I so had that record ready. I was gonna say it. I forgot.
0: Leaves much to be desired. Uh, and yeah, like you just said. I feel like he's just trying to adopt the the New England style. Uh, There's so many guys on this team that are former Patriots. You've got Danny Amendola, Jamie Collins, Trey Flowers, Daron Harmon, and uh, Danny Shelton. So a lot of guys on defense, um, just a lot of New England guys in general. And uh, I don't think it's worked out so far. I think that's pretty safe to say. And I don't know. I just... I think some guys are better suited to be coordinators um, and they're just not suited to be head coaches. Right. Um, And there's no shame in that. Like some, some guys are just, you know, I mean, Jason Garrett, he might be a very good, I think he's a a decent offensive mind in a way, but maybe he wasn't, you know, obviously we'll, we'll get into Jason Garrett in a second, Uh, not a second, but later on in the show. He was just one example. It's just some guys are just, you know, better at being coordinators. And maybe Matt Patricia is just better at being a defensive coordinator. Right. Um, so I think the Lions might be all right. You know, that it, it, it was a little tricky for me because I love their offense. And um, so I don't know. I could see this one going either way. But if they do hit the over, I think Patricia might stick around for a little bit longer. Um, but, yeah, who knows? Yep. All right, so that concludes our NFC North talk. We're going to move on to the NFC South, where the projected winner is the New Orleans Saints with an over-under of 10.5 wins, which is tied for the, most, uh, the highest win total in the NFC. So the Saints go 13-3 and last year, and they get upset in the first round of the playoffs, the wild-card round they lose to the Vikings in overtime. So you know, year after year, it seems to be a disappointment for the Saints, um, not quite reaching their ceiling. Obviously, everyone knows about the huge plays and heartbreaks that they've endured over the past couple of years, starting with the Minneapolis miracle, um, and then the no call at pass interference against the Rams in the NFC Championship game, and then last year, a team against the like, when they play the Vikings, a game they easily should have won, and the Vikings steal it in overtime. So. New Orleans has fallen short, you know, quite a bit here. But maybe this is their year. You know, who knows how much Drew Brees has left uh, in the tank. Probably has one or two more seasons at the most. I said a lot there. Over, under, 10.5 wins for the Saints. What do you think? Over. Yeah. I.
1: Everyone's I, going over this year. No one's losing a single game across the NFC. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, you. we both have the Bears for under. But, yeah, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> Um, I said over as well. It's so hard. The Saints are such a complete team. I know. Yeah. And I mean, so, yeah, you can go first with this one. But who do do you have to blame?
1: As you just said, it's tough. I think this is a very complete team, as you literally just said. I just repeated your words. Um, I I picked Drew (laughs) Brees.
0: Dang. I want us to have some more debates because I also picked quarterback.
1: Why? Just say just say the name of the player. Like this isn't even a competition. Like we know it's Drew Brees.
0: Maybe Jameis Winston will get some reps.
1: <laughs> um, honestly, I know I'm saying Drew Brees, but like, I've heard some people say that Drew Brees on a decline. I don't know if you're one of them. I personally don't see it. Um, like his stats don't indicate a decline. I I just pulled him up, and it, I was a little alarmed when I saw he only had. Twenty nine hundred passing yards last season, but he he missed uh, only played eleven games, so that's that is why. Um, like his stats have not declined; like he's led the league in completion percentage for the past three years. Um, but regardless, I chose him. Who's to blame? Because as we said, this is a very complete roster. Um, they add Emmanuel Sanders, which is a huge, huge signing. Uh, to compliment Michael Thomas. Um, Alvin Kamara is fantastic. We all know. Even Latavius Murray as well. Um, they got a complete backfield. Their O-line is good. They drafted uh, Cesar, Cesar Ruiz the first round. Um, he's got an elite tight end in Taysom Hill. Um, <laughs> this The defense is solid as well. I mean, again, I think... It's a very good team, uh. So I picked Drew Brees because he's forty-one. So that's really it, because he's forty-one. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Right? Yeah. No. I I kind of share your difficulty of trying to trying to find something here. Yeah. And just to backtrack a little bit, I I was one of those guys. If I don't know if you remember, but I think it was about two years ago where I was trying to. You know, I thought Drew Brees might be on the decline. Um, I don't,
1: yeah, I, I'm i not even singling out you, but like he, he was in MVP conversations with Mahomes until like the last like couple of weeks. Like he had a, he had a very good first half of 2018.
0: Right. So I just,
1: but whatever, keep going.
0: I, um, I think I've given up on that narrative because he's just pro- <laughs> proven me wrong for the past two or three seasons and I'm done with it because, you know, you just said his stats. I mean, Completion percentage the past three seasons have been the highest of his career by far. Yeah, 2017, 72%. Yeah. 2018, 74.4%. Tw- last year, 74.3%. And this guy's only thrown – he's thrown 17 interceptions across the past three seasons. Yeah. it's like So, he doesn't a turn the ball over. And he's still out – he's producing a lot of yards. You know, I don't know how many – his yards per game last year. Uh, It was it's still fine. Yeah, it's so still yeah, good. He still averages about two seventy yards per game.
1: Also, he had twenty seven touchdowns last year in eleven games. That's got to be a good pace. Let me let me see what that is. Eleven? Uh, mm, that's oh no, it's point oh two. I did the wrong thing. Keep going though. I'll figure it out.
0: So I, the point is, I've given up on that narrative because he's just proved that he's just superhuman, and it just doesn't age. Might not even affect him. So. I think he might be just pretty productive until he decides to hang up his cleats and call it quits on a career.
1: 39 touchdowns if he played 16 games.
0: Right. So that's absolutely phenomenal. And I think the reason why it works so well, specifically with New Orleans is because just Michael Thomas and Adam Kamara for the, are the perfect two players for Drew Brees. Drew Brees, you know, he never really had the strongest arm, you know, even coming out of college and, you know, early on in his career. He, he had, had, like, constructive
1: arm. uh sold shoulder surgery earlier in his career. It was right. bad. So, yeah.
0: You know, that also may have played a part, too, but he just never really had the strongest arm. And he's got two, like, how much better can you get in short area targets than Alvin Kamara and Michael right. Thomas? Right. So, the whole system is just perfect for him to thrive. And, yeah, like I said, if, if they were to hit their under, I think it would probably be because of the quarterback play. Maybe Drew Brees just – you know, he is 41. So maybe that has something to do with it or he maybe. gets hurt again and Jameis throws a bunch of picks. So the quarterback play probably would be the reason, but again, I mean, it's very, very hard to see that this team, uh, you know, not winning the division or at least make like, they, they have to make the playoffs. They're like a lock. So yeah. Yep. New Orleans is a great team. And I mean, who knows maybe this will be the year that they get over that hump that they've they've it's eluded them over this past decade really right Um, but we will see about that Uh, we will move on to the Tampa Bay Bucks. you know very interesting team Uh, people have a lot to say on them this year Uh, and again I think we're gonna be in agreement but we will find out in a second here I want to have a couple where we just disagree maybe we will later on Um, but yeah Tampa Bay last year uh, their record was I just had it up. Where is it? Then they finished
1: like seven and nine, I think.
0: Seven and nine. There you go. You got yeah. it. Yeah. Um. Last year the Bucks go seven and nine. Obviously they bring in Mr. Tom Brady. They bring in Rob Gronkowski. Um. And their win total increased by two, well, it's nine and a half this year. That is with the win total. So higher expectations for Tampa Bay, obviously. And um. You know they've got the Super Bowl in mind. So, what do you think? Nine and a half.
1: Um, under. That's what I think. Under, yeah.
0: I have under as well. I've uh, I've every NFL prediction I do, I always have them around nine and seven. So
1: yeah. <laughs> how how often are you doing NFL predictions? <laughs> like every three weeks. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's kind of pointless. But how is my how is my opinion really changing in a span of three weeks? But yeah, yeah, that's just what I. That's how I roll. Um, yeah. So bucks, we posted under, and who would be to blame for that under? Um. You go. Uh, quarterbackslash slash secondary.
1: Uh, just pick one. Secondary. Okay. Tell me why.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, I I wasn't sure if you were going to say yours or not. Um, I I have written down secondary sucks. um, and This is true. The reason why, just look look, look at, let, let here are hear these names. Carlton Davis, Sean Murphy Bunting, Mike Edwards, and then they're going to be starting their second-round rookie, uh, Antoine Winfield, who I think might be all right, but again, he's still a second-round rookie. Yeah, he's one guy. And there's other guys I've literally never heard of in my entire life. So, yeah, their secondary is going to be really brutal. Very surprisingly good rush defense last year. Um, Obviously, they had Shaq, Barrett. They have Ndamukong Sue, They have Vita Veya. They have Devin White. So, pretty solid front seven. Um, But their secondary is really bad. And, um, yeah, it's going to be brutal. You know, probably a lot of uh, higher scoring games for Tampa Bay, as as it was last year, I assume. So, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with secondary. Not very good.
1: I think you know what I'm gonna say.
0: Yeah, I mean, I also have some stats here if you want me to interject, but yeah, you can go ahead.
1: Well, I am dying to say the name Byron Leftwich, just for the sake that his name popped up, and I want to put, I want to make Byron Leftwich my scapegoat. He's um, the OC, right? Right. <laughs> like, what is Byron Leftwich gonna tell Tom Brady?
0: Is Tom Brady? How to be, how to be a good Lefwich? quarterback.
1: Um, I'll check that right now.
0: No, you you can go ahead. I'll check it out.
1: No, I'm already Byron Leftwich. Uh, I think
0: he might be. I think I may have heard that somewhere.
1: No. Yes, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Byron Leftwich is forty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. That's that is.
1: Wow. Um, it's Tom Brady. Tom Brady is going to be to blame. Um, he is a 43 year old quarterback and who, unlike Drew Brees, has definitely showed decline. He's the definition of decline. He should not have won MVP in 2017. I, everyone knows it should have been Carson Wentz, but uh, like those are not MVP stats. Um. I'll leave the stats to you. Um, I feel like people are just kind of blinded by the name Tom Brady and see him there. Just the presence of Tom Brady. Uh, it's kind of – they feel safe because obviously is his storied NFL career. But he's just – he's straight up an average – average to below average quarterback at this point. I really do think so. Um, and – he, New England was the perfect place for him, the perfect system for him. Um, I don't think I don't think he's gonna succeed at all, despite all these weapons. I don't think he's gonna succeed in, in Tampa Bay. They're not making the playoffs.
0: I don't believe they're making the playoffs either. Um, there's too many good teams in the NFC um, that should be competitive. So I I if I ha- I don't think they're gonna make it. Um, but yeah, just to echo the the sentiment of Brady's decline. His completion percentage last year dropped by five percent. Touchdown rate fell by one point one percent. Yards per attempt fell by one percent. So you can visibly see his arm getting weaker. Yeah, it's <laughs> um but ultimately, I mean, yeah, devil's advocate. New England didn't have great weapons at all. Um Bucks are definitely an upgrade in that regard, so we will see if that gives him a slight boost. Um and yeah, you know, not for nothing. That could be a factor. But, yeah, if, if I were to, you know, pick a side, I would lean toward more, your side a little a little bit more. Um, yeah, like, you, you just have to blind resume and just see – be honest to yourself and see where he's at at this point. And, right. you, know, you know, he's not the worst quarterback. There are definitely some worst quarterbacks out there. Um, but, you know, he's not, he's not going to magically take over this team. Oh, God, there's a fly next to me. Um, scared me. Uh, that is pretty not scary. Gonna, he's not going to magically take over this team and make them division champions and have a deep run in the playoffs. It just, I, I really don't see that happening. Right. So, and I, I, yeah, I think it's an upgrade over Winston because he will turn the ball ball over far less. And um, I, I think he just brings a, a winning attitude to the team but that it can only get you so far. Um, at the end of the day, you got to make the plays on the field. And I like I said, I do have them improving by a couple games, nine and seven. They were seven and nine last year, but um, but yeah. So yeah, definitely be interesting to see. I'm just glad we can get to see Brady versus Breeze twice a year. I think that'll definitely be that is cool. Um, yeah, that is cool because you know obviously these two guys, legends of the game, have not played uh, that much in their career because of the opposite conferences. So. That's it on the Bucks. We will move on to the Atlanta Falcons who have a win total of seven and a half. Um, and last year the Falcons go seven and nine. So right at that mark. Um, what do you think?
1: Um, I also think this is a very complete team as I do the Saints and honestly the Bucks, excluding the secondary. Um, I really really think that This team has like Super Bowl written on Mm.
0: them. All right. So, this is our first discrete. No, 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 no,
1: no, no, no. No, I'm not done. I'm not done.
0: Okay. All right. Maybe
1: I shouldn't have said team. I said roster. I like the roster. All right. I do like this roster. I think that they're handicapped by Dan Quinn. I don't think he's good. And I think he's the one to blame if they hit their under of 7 wins. Which they've gone 7-9 the past two years. Um I know he had uh success in the beginning of his tenure as coach as head coach for the uh the Falcons, but if they go another season 7-9, I don't know. I don't know.
0: Yeah, at that I'll point they really the, the window might be closing cuz yeah. how much longer are Julio and Ryan going to be at, playing at this elite level? Right. So that's definitely a good one. <laughs> For some reason, I didn't even think about Dan Quinn. I, I don't know why. Um, but, I mean, again, I picked two. I guess I can just pick one here. Um, I'll, I'll go with the running back group. I know, you know, people might still be high on Todd Gurley. I'm not I'm not there. I just think he's a ticking time bomb. When you have arthritis playing in the NFL, how much, like any moment it could happen where you just never play again. So I, yeah. I think his health is a big question mark, and he, you know, obviously, sorry, uh, you know, Pitt and Quadre Olson. I just the options behind him are really bad. Brian Hill, you know, he was everyone's big waiver wire pick for whatever week that was, and like, oh, you gotta you gotta spend all your fab on on Brian Hill, and he really disappointed with the starting when he got the starting role. Like he did not play well at all. Olson, like, and Edo Smith, like. The options behind him are brutal. Like they could have like no no running game presence if Gurley went down, and he, maybe Gurley might not even play well either. I mean, his yards per carry has been really bad uh, last season, and towards the end of twenty eighteen, he kind of started when his decline started.
1: Do they still have one of my favorite players, uh, Quizzy Rod?
0: <laughs> to quiz Razard? Yeah. No, they, no, he's he's gone. He's long Aww. gone.
1: Ah. All right, um, this team stinks. They're hitting the under.
0: But yeah, it could be very one-dimensional if thing like I can easily say that happening for Atlanta. So, I have them in under. I don't know what you had them. Did you even say?
1: I didn't. I'm going to say under. Um This defense isn't bad though. Let me look at it again.
0: Their their pass defense is not great. Um they were bottom 10 last year and they're going to be starting AJ Terrell. Um I I, you know.
1: I don't know. I like him. And Keanu Neal's back. He was hurt for most of the year. He ACL. He's a good safety.
0: He's always hurt.
1: Um, they add uh, Dante Fowler and Grady Jarrett's fantastic.
0: That was my big call, remember? I said Dante Fowler to the Falcons. You're like, no way. They have no cap space.
1: I probably – I think I did. I I, I, I probably did it. say that. Yeah.
0: All because he has a relationship with, like, their defensive coordinator or something. I saw that. I'm like, he's going to the Falcons. I can't believe I got that right.
1: Why do we not mention their best player? Julio Jones? No, we haven't even mentioned their best player yet.
0: Uh, who? Come on. I don't know. Young Way. Oh, Young, young Way?
1: He's so good.
0: They should just onside kick it every single time. They should. And then, he, the, what's his the, percentage? His success and then the, his second, the secondary will never even have to be on the field because they will just be on offense the whole time. Right. And Julio Jones will have three thousand yards. Yes. Yeah, I mean if you think about it, Julio gets fifteen hundred yards usually and he's only on the field for half the time. Yeah, he's gonna double that. You onside kick it, they're on they're on offense for hundred percent of the time. You get three thousand yards out of Julio and I win dynasty pretty easily. Um so it seems pretty easy. So yeah.
1: Kickers should get should get some fantasy points for successfully converting an onside kick. That would that's boost, so
0: impressive. That would boost Youngway's ADP by like thirty. Do We still have kickers in our league. What league? In our dynasty league. We do have kickers. Anyone listening? We we have kickers, but no defenses. It's a little weird. Um, but yeah, we we'll see we'll see all that shakes out. Um, anything else in the Falcons? Um no. You know, I, I brought up rec, uh, running back and secondary, but. Um, but yeah, I, I see them finishing under, uh, all right, we'll move on to the last team in the NFC South, uh, the Carolina Panthers. They have a win total of five and a half last year. They had pretty abysmal quarterback play this year. They signed Teddy Bridgewater, formerly of the New Orleans saints. Uh, last year, the Panthers go five and 11, despite the atrocious quarterback play that I just said. Um, but yeah, they,
1: despite the, that, doesn't that. Wouldn't that be a reason that they go five and eleven? Never mind. Keep going. You said they go five and eleven despite the bad quarterback play.
0: That yeah, would be that would be it a was reason. really bad. I'm I'm saying I'm surprised they won even five games. Oh, Allen, okay. <laughs> Allen threw seventeen touchdowns and sixteen interceptions, I believe. So okay, very yeah. bad. Uh, they have a five and a half win total. I have under. What do you have? Under. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I. I I never really saw it with Teddy Bridgewater. I have his jersey cause I like him. Um, and you know, came back from the injury. So shout out to Teddy B. But I don't know. he's not the reason why I have to blame though. So I have the front seven as the for who's to blame, okay? I, I picked Teddy okay. Um, I'll go first. The front seven. they had the twenty ninth ranked rush defense last year, so you know, you really could run all over Carolina last year. Um, however, they they did they do draft Derek Brown uh, pretty high in the draft. And you tell gross metals. him as well, and they bring in Stephen Weatherly from the Vikings. So he's a you know he's been in league for about four or five years. So he's I a bit my tongue on that. <laughs> you gotta watch yourself there. Um, they did invest their entire draft into the defensive side of the ball. So. That's right.
1: They did do. Um
0: I like that. You know, I thought it's that was a good move because I think their offense. You know, they address it in free agency. They bring in Robbie Anderson. Uh, they bring in Teddy Bridgewater. Obviously, they invest heavily with Christian McCaffrey by giving him the huge contract. So you know, they they um they filled up the holes in the offensive side through free agency, but they really made an investment on the defensive side of the ball through the draft. So I thought that was pretty smart but still it's going to take some time and I don't expect this defense to be that imposing, especially, uh, you know, defending the run. So that's where I'm at with them. I think the front seven could still be a major weakness and, uh, I'll have to check, you know, my running backs for dynasty. I hope they play the Panthers come fantasy playoff time. Um,
1: I don't know. I think that's pretty significant. Uh,
0: and Luke Luke Keeley retired this offseason, right? That's true. So that that's another hole. Yeah. <laughs> Major hole, really. Obviously cornerstone of their franchise.
1: I mean, drafting Derrick Brown was kind of questionable. I thought Yeah, who, that,
0: who was who was on the board? I'm trying to remember.
1: They passed on Isaiah Simmons. Oh, yeah. I, I thought Isaiah Simmons would have been would have been perfect here because they had a lot of holes and he could he's very versatile. Um I mean, I don't know much about Derrick Brown. Uh from what I have heard, it's not, you know, outstanding seventh overall things I've heard. A nose tackle is not really worth, typically worth that high of an investment nowadays. Um, but I gotta believe that's something that's a, gotta improve their situation. Um, same called Gross metas. Um, another addition to their front seven. Um, I chose Teddy Bridgewater gets focusing more on their offense. Um, I think he's got uh, some good players around him. They address their wide receiver situation in free agency. They go out and get Robbie Anderson, who I think is very talented. Um, Bad situation in New York.
0: Uh, I don't know if I really – sorry to cut you off, but I really don't know if I see Anderson's skill set complementing Teddy Bridgewater's skill set very much.
1: Well, Teddy, what do you mean, Teddy Bridgewater's skill set? Skill set—the fact that he just can't throw the ball far.
0: (laughs) Yeah, his his game mirrors Drew Brees.
1: I think yeah, but he's like I think he's a worse version of Drew Brees. I don't. I just see him being very lackluster.
0: Um, He so that's why I I think you know Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore, kind of, you know, coincide with Bridgewater's. I'm just talking
1: about the the weapons in general. It's a complete – I think it's a very complete wide receiver group he has. Also, Curtis Samuel is great too, and he he as well will benefit – will serve to Bridgewater's skill set. Um, Having weapons in McCaffrey more, Rob Anderson, and Samuel, those are great options to throw to. I just don't think Kenny Bridgewater is very good. He had five starts, and his stats – I don't have them up in front of me. I could imagine his stats are pretty good. But those stats got to be inflated um, purely all situationally. Like the Saints, are, that was a great situation he was put in around the what we probably said the most complete team in football is outside of the Chiefs. Um, I don't see that flourishing here, especially with a first-year head coach. A lot of turnover in the organization. Um, I think he's the one to blame. And I know they signed him for, I think I believe, three years, $60 million. Um I think that they will be one of the worst teams in the league and just be drafting Fields or Lawrence and quite possibly eating a lot of that money as Bridgewater sits on the bench.
0: Right. Yeah, I think you summed that up pretty perfectly. Teddy Bridgewater, I view him as you know, he's he's good enough to keep a situation afloat like in New Orleans. Um and not the, have the season go down spiral out of control like he did, but he's not, a, he's not a guy who's going to uplift a franchise like right. yeah. Carolina who, who kind of needs it. So yeah, that's, we both have under for the Panthers and that's uh that's where we're at. So, wow. Yeah. I, I think we're pretty much in agreement for all the eight teams we just talked about. Uh, so I'm, I'm really hoping we disagree. I think we, I don't know who knows. We always kind of disagree about the Cardinals. So we'll see about them, but uh. We'll move on to the NFC East. Uh tied for first. They they have the Eagles and the Cowboys both at nine and a half wins. We'll talk about the Eagles first. Um I have them an over. I mean, obviously also the Eagles, you know, they suffer a an injury today. Andre Dillard, uh, was his Achilles?
1: Um, it was one of them.
0: He uh he's out for the season with some type of injury. I forget what it is. You know, I just saw it earlier today. It's it's a slip in my mind. But I'm say ACL. ACL. Yeah, he's out for the year. Um, they already lost Brandon Brooks in their offensive line, so another, you know, it's not great. I mean, it's still a good offensive line though. So, you know, if anyone can afford it, I guess Philly can 'cause they're 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 a top five unit uh when they're all healthy. So they should be all right. Anyway, uh I had over for the Eagles and the reason to blame uh I have wide receiver shocker
1: um okay, I have over um, who's the believe they hit the under? I did not go wide receiver. I went with Iguodala. <laughs> no, I went with their safeties,
0: okay, yes, all right, um, I guess I'll go first, yeah, I still think wide receiver is a concern, obviously, last year it was oh,
1: it definitely is, yeah,
0: and you know. To their credit, they they the Eagles did a good job of trying to fill the fill the gaps. So it's not like the front offices' fault because they they made an effort to do so. Um, obviously, they they get pretty unlucky because Marquise Goodwin opted out. I mean, who knows? He probably wouldn't have had that much of an impact anyway. He's more of a, a depth piece, but you know, that that kind of sucks because. Wait, I'm know, sorry, who opted out? Marquise Goodwin. Oh, he right, said, right. You're right. Yeah, him. he did. Yeah. Alshon Jeffrey is still on the pup. So he definitely could miss the first six weeks of the season. I'm so Alshon happy. I, Jeffrey I'm so happy I traded him so bad.
1: Yeah. So I don't even care that he's injury prone. He is injury prone.
0: He's just not good. Yeah, so yeah. And besides the fact, like you just said, he he is injury prone. He's always hurt and he might miss the first half of the season. So like, do you as, think
1: they view him as their wide receiver one at this point? Or is that immediately Jalen Rager?
0: Yeah, I don't even know. I'm viewing Jalen Rager as wide receiver one. Yeah, I mean, but, yeah, hold on. Let, let me get into Keep there. going, keep going. Jeffrey's on the pup, like I just said. Deshaun Jackson uh, is 34 years old, and he's missed 27 games in the past five seasons. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, and, you know, he obviously missed 13 last year. So, you know how much does he really have to contribute? He is always hurt, and outside of them, you have Jay Jaw, and you have Jalen Rager. Um, Jay Jaw obviously had a very underwhelming rookie season. You know, not what not what anyone expected him to do. I mean, I don't know if anyone had lofty expectations, but you certainly would hope he would do a little bit more than he did. He really was, a, he was a non-factor. And Jalen Rager, I mean, I've heard some positive buzz coming out of training camp, but again, he is a rookie and he's going to be asked to do a lot right out of the gates. So they could be right in a situation where they were in last year. Probably not as bad. That was pretty putrid and, you know, for Eagles fans' sake and the organization, you know, you'd hope that they never be in that situation again. Um, But they could be right around there. And so I'm still a little concerned and they're going to have to have everything go right in terms of health. Which, with Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson, that is a major question mark. So, I but I think they'll be fine. Obviously, I do too. Um, if playoffs last year and win the division. You know, you'd have to think that they can um, be be all right this year, despite already losing a couple offensive linemen and um, you know a couple of injury prone receivers. So. Yeah, we'll see. And Miles Sanders is also hurt. He'll probably be okay for the start of the season, but that is also another situation to monitor in terms of skill position players.
1: I did not choose wide receivers just for the sake of the 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 arguers of saying, for the sake of the argument of people saying Carson Wentz has no help. The guys got two top ten tight ends. I know I'm not gonna say he has the best weapons. He's got two top tight end, top ten tight ends to throw to, a very good young running back who catches passes. He has, and I I do like Jalen Rager. I think that he's he does have weapons. I I don't want to hear he has no help. Um, I pick the safeties because I would say the secondary, but they obviously trade for Darius Slay. Um that helps tremendously um they move Jalen Mills to safety i bad he, he stinks <laughs> i mean
0: no I mean, good
1: I, people want to maybe spin this saying like, oh we just need to change the scenery a new fresh start no yeah, he's going to he, move from the sideline
0: to the middle of the field that's a real change of scenery he's not
1: good he's a seventh he's a seventh former seventh round pick he's not good um that's purely – that's kind of it. I mean, honestly, I'm even – I'm just going to – I'm going to go and say they're secondary because they do add Serious Slay, who's a top cornerback, obviously. But other than him, Avante Maddox I don't think is very good. I know he's a former pit player, but I just never been – I never thought he was that great. Um. They bring in uh, Nickel. Nickel, I think his name is Roby Coleman. The guy, more the Robey Coleman. Yeah. He, the he's only known for the uh the blown pass interference call in the 2018 NFC Championship game. That's that's it. He's not good either. Did you hear what um, he
0: said about uh, Carson Wentz and Jared Goff?
1: Um, that Carson Wentz addressed him by full name and like, right? That was. I mean,
0: he, it was kind of like throwing towards shade Jared, Jared, Jared Goff. Goff. Yeah. He was saying how Carson Wentz just handles himself with more professionalism. And how he actually, like, called him by his full name. And, you know, he kind of just did, said, uh kind of threw some shade at Jared Goff.
1: I did say that. I, I, I mean, I did see that. But, like, do you think, like, Carson wouldn't sit? Hi, I'm Carson. Hello, Nickel, Roby Coleman. <laughs> <laughs> like, when you meet someone, you don't say their first and last name. But anyway, um, I don't remember what I was saying. I think their safeties are still going to be a concern. Um, I guess that's really it. Their front seven's great, though. I was just taking another look at it. Um, Malik Jackson, is that new? That's new this year?
0: I don't think so. I think he was there last year.
1: Okay. Regardless, they bring in Javon Har- Hargrave from us. Um, he's fantastic. He had a great season last year. Yeah, I do solid, think, he's, a, do think he's overpaid. Um, but regardless, that's... Their front seven is, is, is very good. Um... At least their defensive line. I don't know about their linebackers. But um, I see their depth chart here. The names at left tackle behind Andre Dillard. They got Prince Tega Wanago and Julian Good-Jones. Good-Jones. Dash Who's a good little Katie? Jones?
0: mm mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> don't make that noise that was weird
1: <laughs> okay we can move on from the Eagles
0: yeah Eagles should be alright hope they're not though yeah uh, <laughs> Dallas has a win total of nine and a half last year Dallas uh, goes eight and eight so we will see what happens to Dallas they bring in Mike McCarthy and they fire or Jason Garrett is no longer the coach You could say it. Uh, What do you have? I smash that over. Smash the over. I have the over as well. Who would be to blame if they didn't? In some Um, scenario, didn't hit their under. I mean, did hit their under. Did
1: hit their under. I'm going with
0: head coach Mike McCarthy. Jeez, wow. We're. I I also said him. So.
1: Um. I'll take the lead on this, as this is a team that I, I have I have ties to. Um, it's a very, very complete roster. I think that it's up there with the Saints in regards to roster talent. Um, wow. Sorry. So, I'll just run through their roster, I guess. Um, They have a top one quarterback. um, A top three running back. I think the best wide receiver group this year. Um, Still a good offensive line. Above average, great offensive line, one could say. Um... Got rid of Jason Witten. That's good. Um,
0: Blake Jarwin gonna get a thousand yards this year.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, they bring in Ha Clinton Dix. Okay, sorry. Backtrack. They lose Byron Jones. I think a lot of people forgot about that. That's kind of significant. I'll admit. They bring in Ha Clinton Dix. They draft Trevon Diggs out of Alabama, I believe. Right, Alabama in the second round. Yep. Good pick. Yep. Um. I think he can perform well. I love. I still love these linebackers in Leighton Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith. I think they're not talked about enough. They're a fantastic duo. Um, Demarcus Lawrence, he's still alive. So this team is good. And I've harped on it for a while that Jason Garrett has been the problem for a long time. Um, his play calling and just his overall head coaching ability is not there. I was not that pleased at first with them bringing Mike McCarthy. Um, but since then, I've given it some second thought. I don't think it can be that bad. Anything's not great for Jason Garrett, almost anything. So. I don't have entire disbelief in Mike McCarthy, but um, I do think he underperformed a little bit in Green Bay in his past, but hey, maybe a year off of not coaching, taking a step back from the, from that perspective help, may have helped him. So yeah, I guess that's all I have to say. What do you got?
0: I think Dallas is um, a great, great bet this year. If you want to look at over-unders, I think, they should easily, you know, get ten wins. Um, it, it's a pretty, not pretty. It's a very talented roster, as you just said, as you, you know, went over. Um, but yeah, the the coaching would be the bigger. That that would be the big the, the difference maker for me. Uh, Jason Garrett, obviously, you know, he he had some very strong regular seasons. He goes eighty five and sixty seven uh, in his ten years in Dallas. However, you know, only made the playoffs three times and only won two playoff games. They never get past the divisional round of the playoffs. So he really, you know, he was there for 10 years. And if a guy's there for 10 years, you you know what you have in him. And he just could not get over the hump. And, um, but yeah, so, it, and they, they have, there's no excuses because they have a very talented roster and, you know, you gotta, you gotta perform. And he just was not getting the job done. Obviously, as we said, they bring in Mike McCarthy. Um, he's been out for a year so we'll see that impact but he's got a good resume I mean you know you say he may may have underperformed in Green Bay but he won a Super Bowl he went to three other conference championship games so he's been in a lot of playoff games a lot of big games and I trust him more than Jason Garrett as a competent head coach Um, similar to I, I'm not in love with the signing but it is an upgrade and I think it's enough to have this team can beat for the, vision, for the division title. I think I think they're going to win the NFC East. And, um, you know, I think they could be right up there for the seed. to be honest. I think they could be the best team in the NFC.
1: I like that. And I'd be remiss if I didn't even mention, I didn't even say his name, C.D. Lamb. Um, I think he's going to be fantastic. I can't wait to watch him play with Dak. Um, and I know not a single person is gonna to listen to me, not not one, because everyone's scared to admit it. But I think, I think Dak should be, uh, I think you should place a wager on him for MVP. MVP, um, the past two seasons, it's kind of contradict what I'm saying, but the past two seasons going into this season no one would have no one would have expected pat mahomes to win it in 2018 going into the season no one really expected lamar jackson to win it going into the season i know i realize that dak prescott has like top five odds to win it but just public sentiment around dak prescott is not that positive which is foolishly not positive because he's a good quarterback very good quarterback um I promise it's not just me loving Dak. Um, that you sh- saying that you should bet him MVP. Uh, I could def I could see it happening. I really could.
0: If you don't believe Jack, take it from me because I, uh, I don't. He's not my pick to win MVP, but I can certainly see it because I think he's going to put up a lot of numbers, and I think they're going to, like I just said, contend for the one seed. Oh, I can't two- wait. If those two things were to happen, then how can you not consider – at least consider him for it. I can't wait. uh, Yeah, so we will see on that front. But, yeah, we we both like Dallas a lot this year. And, um, you know, you can't judge it off of Jack, because he he, he would say they're going to be good every year. Uh, So take it from me, I guess, if you will. That's fair. (laughs) Uh, We'll move on to the New York Giants, projected to come in third place in the NFC East. They have a win total of six games, and obviously they'll be starting Daniel Jones. You know, he played the majority. Not, eh, I don't know how many games he played last year, but he definitely got some playing time last year. The Giants go 4-12 last year. Uh, what do you think is going to happen with the Giants?
1: What was the total? Six. I'm going to go over. I'm going to say seven.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I've got the Giants going eight and eight, and I have them uh, over. So okay. I think they 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 double their wins from last year, going from four wins to eight. Um, but you know, the concern for me is the offensive line. Um, I think it it could improve, but sorry if you want to say yours, you can for who's to blame. Ah, uh, they're safe. secondary. Yeah, that that secondary was a close second for me, uh, but I went offensive line. You know, for two reasons. They're they're projected to be starting two rookies at tackle this year. And I know Andrew Thomas was a high pick. Some would say he was, if not the most, but one of the most pro-ready prospects on the offensive line coming out of this uh, this draft class. So he can certainly make an instant impact, but he is a rookie nonetheless. And they are starting, I believe he was a third-round pick, Matt Pert. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his last name right, but, you know, not ideal to be starting two rookies at tackle. You know, obviously, an extremely important position in a in an off season that was shortened and altered. So, you know, who knows where those two are at of their development right now? I mean, obviously, certainly you don't get too much buzz on offensive linemen and how they're progressing. So, you know, you never really know. That it's kind of a question mark. And Nate Solder opted out of the season, so that that's another pretty big right loss that. for this offensive line. Um, you know, it's starting to take a turn in the right direction, and certainly still can, but um, yeah, you never know, and you definitely want to protect Saquon and Daniel Jones, who are, you know, the two most important assets for your for your the future of your fran- franchise. So, not so that's why fa- only, not so fast on that last phrase there. Why uh, Golden Tate? Or no, Darius Layton Big play Slay. Um, remember when you didn't even remember his name a couple months ago, and you called him you called him Darius Slay? Well, yeah, that's that's,
1: that's understandable. Darius Slay is another football player. Um,
0: Inexcusable.
1: I, I'm not. Are you done? I don't want to. Cut I'm done. You off. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm not as pessimistic about this offensive line. I'm actually a little more. I'm well. I'm definitely more optimistic about the offensive line than you are. Um, I really oh, like. No,
0: Sorry, don't don't confuse what I just said with pessimism. I think they will, they'll be okay. They're not going to be an elite offensive line, but I think they'll be competent enough to. I think they're going to be fine. It's just like I, I can see it, you know, still being a disaster. That that's why okay. that was the whole point, you know. All right.
1: Uh, I like Andrew Thomas a lot. Um, it's it's kind of weird for people to think and wrap their heads around, but I honestly think this offense um, has the potential to to be a be a tad electric. <laughs> um Daniel Jones, I've seen a lot of reports and photos. He's put on some muscle. Um that's that's good. He if he progresses in year two, that could be huge for them. I love Darius Slayton and Golden Tate. Um Saquon, I think he's the most talented complete running back in this league. Um Evan Ingram is good when healthy. I know it's a big. When healthy is the key part of that sentence. I chose their safeties, or their secondary. Excuse me. Um, I didn't mean to say the safeties, in particular their corners, um, because I do like Julian Love a lot. They moved him to safety officially. Jabril Peppers is all their other safety. Um, The big blow, they just took Xavier McKinney, their second-round pick. He's out for the year. That is very, very significant. Um, Their pass defense was not great last year. And, I mean, outside of they lost McKinney, they didn't – you could say they didn't address it. I know they obviously did because they drafted McKinney in the second round, but other than him, they didn't really bring in anyone else of significance. No more
0: DeAndre Baker.
1: That, too. Um that's really all I gotta say.
0: Yeah, no, the secondary was definitely a close second for me. I was definitely considering picking them, but I decided to go with the offensive line. Um Nate Solder opting out is is pretty big. And I was yeah. you, know, you know you can't be really mad at anyone for opting out. Um I try not to, you know, get mad at someone for doing that, although there hasn't been too many. Um, but I, I was, you know, disappointed as a Saquon fantasy owner because um, you know, you, you want him to be there. All right. All right, we'll move on to the last place team projected in the NFC East, the Washington football team. Obviously a lot of news coming out of Washington this in this past couple months here. Uh pretty bad, pretty pretty bad season last year. They went three and thirteen and you know, FanDuel has five wins as their over/under, the lowest in the conference. Um, but you know, I still see, I still see under. Give me a push. Push, okay. Uh, the reason to blame is uh, the ownership. Uh, shocker.
1: Why? Obviously, from the organizational standpoint, awful. <laughs> but. um... From a pure football standpoint, what did ownership do?
0: They make a they they a lot of steps in the right direction. Obviously, with this team, started even before the whole name change uh, with bringing in Ron Rivera. I, I think we both we both like Ron Rivera. We, yeah. we thought that was a good signing, but I, I just can't like as long as Snyder's still the owner, I can't take him seriously. Obviously everyone knows very stubborn guy. You know, for yeah, years people wanted people wanted uh him to change the name. And it just goes back to he's very egotistical. Um maybe it's the N- Napoleon complex. Uh, is he short? I believe he is. So okay. Big ego and it it's very bad. I mean, you know, everyone knows the the reports came out um, dis discrimination, sexual misconduct, sexual harassment—so pretty, pretty bad stuff. And it's just—it's a whole mess. And until he's gone, I, I just—you know—yeah, they might improve, and they may even win five games or a little bit more. But they're never going—they're never going to be a serious contender as long as he's there. It's got—he's got to get out of there. So, I, I as long as he's there, and he's going to be a problem. You know, in like I said, they made a lot of changes and a lot of good changes you know you got to expose wh- what the problems are before you can address them and move on and eventually get past them and they're within that they're they're within that process but it's um yeah it's still not good as long as he's there in my opinion i can't get past that but yeah you seem a little bit uh, more optimistic than i am
1: I have at five and eleven. I'm not that optimistic. Um, I just chose Dwayne Haskins. Um, this team kind of stinks, though. <laughs> I, I mean, if he takes a step in, in year two, I don't know. Like, if I will Antonio, say this, though. what?
0: I will say this. I I am starting to come around to Antonio Gibson a little bit.
1: Okay, good. Yeah, I was just gonna talk about him. I really think um if he takes a step in year two, like and he's like a competent quarterback, he wasn't bad at the end of last year. But like if he does has sustained that level through the whole year. Like Terry McLaurin's a very good receiver. Like, he can work with that. Um Antonio Ganey Golden, don't really know much about him. Uh Maybe he can work with him, too. Anthony Gibson I like a lot. So there's some kind of interesting young weapons that he can work with and build a rapport with them. Um, Adrian Peterson, don't want to leave him out. He's going to go for five more years, as everyone knows now. Um, I don't know. It's not great, we know, but I'm just trying to trying to shed some light. Um, and, again, I think if Haskins doesn't step up, they may look to move on from him pretty quickly. Um
0: yeah, big, big year for him in um, Yeah, showing his future with the NFL. So D-line is, is solid, though. Important.
1: Look at this D-line. They've got – they're all first-round picks.
0: Montez Sweat, Chase Young.
1: At 2020, Chase Young. Montez Sweat, first-round in, in 19. Deron Payne, first-round in 2018. Jonathan Allen, first-round 2017. And then they got an outside linebacker. Ryan Kerrigan, 2011, first round picks ever. I feel like. Yeah, 2011. That's a long time ago. But um, guess who they got at safety now? Both their safeties. Interesting. They got Landon Collins. He was there
0: last year. He wasn't. He wasn't very good last year.
1: I know. And uh, Sean Davis.
0: Oh yes, prop friend Sean
1: Davis. Uh, I I was coming around at him towards the end of his tenure here, but then. He got hurt and he kind of went away. Uh, maybe he can rekindle something in in Washington. Uh, Kendall Floor they also got at the corner. I don't know. This team's not good. Ron Rivera is a great coach though. Um, he's the perfect hire that they needed. So good. Anyway, Best of if, luck if anyone, to WFT.
0: If anyone can turn around, maybe Ron would probably be the guy. So yeah. we'll see. It's still I, in my eyes. It's still a. a multiple year process yeah all right we're going to move on to our final division the nfc west you know very loaded division the lowest win total is seven and a half so that just shows you right there that it should be very competitive uh, but we will start with the reigning nfc champion san francisco 49ers they have a win total of 10 and a half. they were the one seed right yeah, they were the one seed last year in the playoffs with a record of thirteen and three. What do you think for San Francisco? Ten and a half wins, over or under? Um, give me that under. Wow, I said under as well. I think we've agreed on every single over under. Wow, well, wow. Um, yeah. What do you think? Why? Who, who would? Who would? Who's the biggest part of the blame there?
1: I chose James Garoppolo.
0: Alright, I went with the wide receivers
1: Okay I want to say wide receivers But I cannot slight my man Brandon Ayuk He's going to take the league by storm this year
0: I don't know about that one
1: He probably won't i take that back
0: I think <laughs> Debo Samuel will be out And also Sorry, this is another word on Debo Samuel Yeah, Yeah, he had a a good rookie season. I won't take that away from him.
1: I'm going to agree to this. Keep going. Yeah.
0: But he people forget that like, he was very injury prone in college. Yeah. I, I think that this, you know, he has a foot injury this offseason. I really think that this will be a common theme with Debo Samuel. I think we'll look back on him in a couple of years, and we're we're going to think, like, wow, that guy was really hampered by injuries. Yeah. You know, it, you, know you don't want to see anyone – go through that but I just that's a feeling I have just because you know if you're already having foot problems second year it's not good showed an injury history in college and you know I don't know I I I don't have too high hopes on Debo just uh, regarding his health this year and going forward
1: um I mean Brandon I use on my dynasty team so
0: you're legally obligated to not yeah, I'm. Brandon I'm legally Ayuk obligated
1: in. to endorse Brandon Ayuk and not talk bad about his position group. Um. I mean, for fantasy purposes, this offseason is kind of working out for him. Um,
0: also, I um, for some reason, I just never saw. I never was really drafting George Kittle early on in the offseason. I was always if it if I had a choice, obviously, and still I would go with Kelsey fantasy wise, but I'm definitely coming around to drafting George Kittle just because, you know, I am i don't think C, uh, Debo Samuel will be ready for the start of the season. It's just a very underwhelming wide receiver core in my eyes. So I just think, especially early on, I think Kittle can get off to a very hot start. Um, they play Arizona week one, not traditionally a very good team against tight ends. Um, so I think that, I think they get uh, the Giants as well, I believe, early on in the season, San Fran does. So I think Kittle can get off to a very hot start. And I, I think that's very important to fantasy. So I'm definitely uh, getting him in a little, a little bit more of my mock drafts.
1: Um, yeah. I, I just got a quick word on Jimmy Garoppolo. He is what I, he, I chose him. Um, I don't know. I kind of think he's a little, little overhyped. Um, I do view him as a bit of a game manager. I know he game managed him all the, way to the Super Bowl. Um, but especially this year, as you mentioned, um, his best receiver in Diva Samuel is going to be out for extended time. So um, I don't see him – I don't know. I don't see his stats that looking that great, uh, his wide receiver group. I really should say the wide receiver group at this point. But um, I just think – I also – I just think that he's a bit of a game manager. And I don't know. Without, he still has Kyle Shanahan, um, who's a great coach, who's going to work with him well and provide a good offensive scheme for him to thrive, but um, I don't know. I feel like he could be someone to blame if they, they don't uh, reach their expectations.
0: Yeah, I see a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover. There's no tangible yeah. reason, no tangible reason behind that, but. I don't know. I, I'm seeing right around nine or ten wins for the Fort Niners this year. Yep. All right, we'll move on right along to Seattle. They uh, they went eleven and five last year. They lose in the divisional round of the playoffs to the Green Bay Packers. This year, uh, Fandle has them an over or under at nine and a half for Seattle. What do you what do you think? And who would be to blame? Here you go. I have over and I have the offensive line being the problem.
1: Okay. Um, I'm going with uh, Oh, sorry. I'm going with over. I'm going just at 10 wins. And I chose their rushing game. Their backfield.
0: All right. I um. I don't know. I don't know about that one. But I think it'll be over. They have the 29th ranked offensive line, according to Pro Football Focus. Sorry, 28th. 28th ranked offensive line going into the 2020 season. That, that I just picked them because I think they're the weakest part of the team. And, you know, I've seen some narratives of how Seattle was 10-2 and two in one possession games last year. And I know how we said earlier how that's a that's a stat that tends to fluctuate from year to year, but I've just I I think you have to throw all those things out when it comes to Russell Wilson because he always over- overcomes it all. He's had a bad offensive line ever since he started, so I, I don't see it changing this year how it suddenly becomes a problem. And uh, it's just his play style just he can mask so many of the problems yeah. with a franchise. So I the offensive line is not going to be an issue. I just picked it because it's the weakest part of the team. I think Seattle's an 11-win team again. Um, And I've just learned to – got to throw it out when it comes to Russell Wilson because he's an outlier.
1: Yeah, I agree. I was going to echo that stat. I mean, I was going to say that stat you said about the one-possession games, but um, I just think Russell Wilson's different. I think he's going to – I just think he's – there's a reason that they – we so successful in one possession games because he can just will them back. Um, and another reason why I picked their over is because, um, add in Jamal Adams, a top two yeah. safety in the league, he's huge, fantastic. Huge addition, yeah. Very, they really needed that. That's huge. Um, so I went with their their backfield as who's to blame. I, I've never been a big Chris Carson fan. I know he's produced in the past two seasons, three seasons. Excuse me. This is third. He just played his third year, right? Yeah, yeah, he did. He drafted him I think it's
0: his second year of fully like his right, right, right full right. contribution though.
1: Yeah. Um, I just don't see him as very talented. He was a former seventh round pick, and he is injury prone. He's an injury prone running back. Um, Rashad Penny is also injury prone. He's starting the year on the pup. I don't see them being healthy throughout the whole season. They added Carlos, Carlos, Hyde's going they added Carlos Hyde, yard. which, again, he he doesn't, from wherever he's been or any team he's on, he's never impressed me. I just don't like this backfield, the running backs they have. And as you said, their offensive line not great. And I don't think these any of these backs are offensive line proof and can work with a bad offensive line. I don't think that's going to bode well for them at all. Um
0: uh the thing is I if Chris Carson you know gets injured again and you know Penny's not healthy and Hyde's very ineffective I I would think that they would just kind of shift their focus to just very pass heavy. Right, and I was going to say haven't that done, I was going to say done, sorry what
1: they haven't done what they, they haven't they
0: haven't done that um but I think I think it was even so if bad they would do it.
1: I think even if they don't like I still see defenses focusing on Russ and um, their two wide receivers. That's the more talented part of their offense. I think – and their tight end group, too, is good. I think that defenses give more attention to their passing weapons. So I think that's more of a reason to – if the running game doesn't produce, they – that's not good because I think defense is going to be more focused on the passing game.
0: Right. Yeah, no, I, I I'm definitely, I have high expectations for yes, Seattle. I think they'll be right in there. And um, yeah, I mean, love DK Metcalf, love Tyler Lockett, obviously Jamal Adams, the addition is huge. So yeah, Seattle should be right in there with uh playoff contention. All right, we have two teams remaining to talk about. We're going to talk about the L.A. Rams next. They um, obviously in 2018 make the Super Bowl, and they fell short to New England. Last year, kind of disappointed. Uh, they missed out in the playoffs after going 9-7. and seven. Uh, But this year, they've got a win total of 8.5. So right around that mark of last year. Uh, what do you have for L.A.?
1: Um, I'm going to go under at
0: 8. Oh man, we're fifteen to fifteen. So I, wow! I also have under. I have them going seven to nine.
1: Okay. Um, who's to blame if they go under as we predict?
0: So I have kind of just a rushing attack in general, and that's you know part of, part of the blame on the running backs, part of the blame on the offensive line.
1: Um. Yeah, I'm just gonna go straight offensive
0: line. All right. So you know Todd Gurley. Obviously spent five years in L.A. Obviously super, super productive. I mean, he's no longer there, as we all know. He's a member of the Atlanta Falcons. But Gurley, 70 total touchdowns in five years. And that's just hes not very easy to replace. Um, obviously he had two all-pro type of seasons where, you know, he pretty much won your fantasy leagues both of those years. And um, I don't know. Not a big believer in Darrell Henderson. And same with Malcolm Brown. Obviously, Cam Akers, the rookie that they selected in the second round, is the unknown. He's the wild card. But you know, I'm not in love with Cam Akers, and especially with this offensive line. The 25th ranked offensive line, according to Pro Football Focus, took a huge step back last year, and it was it was a major problem. And I, I if I'm not mistaken, I don't think they really did anything to in addition wise, right?
1: Offensive line, no, they did not.
0: Yeah, so it should be not very good again this year. So seventh I, I round
1: think, seventh round pick in but that's it and nothing.
0: Yeah, so I, I think the run game's really gonna suffer. Yeah, and obviously Gurley wasn't his normal self last year, but he still had fourteen total touchdowns. That that's that's, that's very productive. Crazy. Yeah. So a lot of production you gotta make up with these these um, cast of characters who I'm we're not sure how their roles are gonna be distributed.
1: Right, I don't really have much to add. I like I like Cam Akers as a prospect. Um, but this offensive line's very bad and it's gonna be it's gonna hinder them. It will. It's gonna be tough on Jared Goff too. It's yeah, I don't know. Offensive lines are so important.
0: All right. Yeah, so, I mean, it'll be weird to see the, the Rams having a losing record because right. they've, they've been very successful over the past three or four seasons. Yeah. Um, but I, I think – um and they may be in for a little bit of a rough year. Yeah. And they got to address that offensive line, and I feel like once they do that, they could definitely, you know, win a couple games and get back in that playoff race, but I don't know. I don't it's know weird because they know. do
1: have, like, some stars, especially defensively, Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, and they got solid defensive players. They're a great head coach. The wide receiver group is great, too. Their whole passing group, their tight ends, uh, it's just, yeah. Van the Jefferson's going blinds, off this year. Maybe the offensive line's just not very, very bad.
0: Very positive bows for uh Van Jefferson. I've heard that he was absolutely destroying the twos, and he had to run with the ones. Wow. Encouraging to hear. I hope he – um. I own Van Jefferson Dynasty. That, that's why I'm talking about him. So, uh, yeah, second round pick for the Rams. All right, we'll move on to the final team. One of my favorite teams to talk about for obvious reasons. We have the Arizona Cardinals. They go 5 10 and 1 last year, uh, a three game improvement, I believe, from 2018. And their win total this year is 7.5. Obviously, that is boosted by the obviously addition for DeAndre Hopkins. They bring him over from Houston. What do you have for Arizona? Are we going to go 16 for 16, or are we going to disagree on this last one?
1: Seven and a half?
0: Yes, sir. Over. Oh, we we, we agree on everything, obviously. It was Uh, tough. Cardinals are going 9 and 7, probably. That's what I'm thinking.
1: 8 and 8. But yeah. And I think this should be a pretty obvious who's to blame.
0: Um, It wasn't that obvious for me, but I'm, I'm kind of curious to have uh, what you think. I think
1: it's obviously Kyler.
0: No. I, I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I think in my mind, I've already just like, it's such like a certainty that he's going to succeed. And I know that
1: if he does, I'm saying if he doesn't, it's all on him. I think the situation that they have here, like I, I, you've seen me turn on Arizona. Like I haven't been on Arizona for a little bit now, but now I've, I think they're over. I think they're going to have at least an eight, like an eight, and eight season, which is, would be huge. Um, I've had my doubts about Cliff Kingsbury, but it's, I don't know, there's some buzz, and I think it could work. Um, adding in DeAndre Hopkins, the best receiver in this league, like, you can't ask for much more. Throwing to DeAndre Hopkins, Larry like Fitzgerald, and Christian Kirk. Um, I just think it's definitely on him if he, for him to step up and take the next step this year.
0: Yeah, I mean that. Like I said, it's just it's just a, such a foregone conclusion that he will already do that. So I focused on other areas. Both their offensive line and defensive line still needs a little bit of work. Kyler was sacked forty eight times last year, which was tied for third most in the NFL. Um, they invested a draft pick in Josh Jones, I believe that's his name. Yep. And he was a third round pick. Yep. I don't. Yeah, something like that. So they do they make a you know a decent investment in the offensive line, which they needed. Um, you know, I, I would have I was hoping they would go offensive line in the first round, but you know, they pick Isaiah Simmons and you can't be mad at them for that because he just kind yeah. of that that was the correct pick there. So smart move uh there. And um it was a bad rush defense last year. You know, I think it was bottom five or bottom ten. So really could not defend the run at all. Um their defensive line was not very good. I know they have Chandler Chandler Jones, so he you know, he's a good pass rusher, but you know, in terms of the rush defense it was not very good. They bring in Jordan Phillips from Buffalo, so that's that's kind of a you know a, an okay addition there. So I think, you know, the line play could be a little bit of a worry, but you know, I have full confidence that I think I think they're making the playoffs.
1: This this linebacker secondary group, like they, other than their defensive line, I think they're they're must um,
0: improve. I think I think they'll
1: yeah. Their defense is solid. Like we talked about, Zay Simmons, we both picked him for defensive rookie of the year, I believe. Um, Chandler Jones led the league in sacks last year. Uh, Buda Baker, there. they they just made. You're right, you're right, but he's up there. Jones, Buda Baker just made the highest paid safety. He's a good safety. Um... I don't know, Patrick Peterson's still around, Byron Murphy too, a uh, former Washington cornerback. Right. It's they a got so, a, good it's defense. a solid
0: yeah. solid group, you know, they've got a couple of young guys, a couple of veterans. Uh, I think it's a good mix. I think they they bring in Devon what's his name? Devondre Campbell?
1: Yeah. I yeah, didn't even mention um, him. Yes, yeah. From
0: Atlanta, I believe, so uh you know, I I I really like this team, obviously. Uh I think um you know, I, I don't know if I've said on the show before my actual stat projection for Kyler, but I'm looking right around four thousand yards. It may sound crazy, but I think twenty-eight or thirty touchdowns, and I think you know, ten to twelve picks, and I think the rushing. The yeah, rushing last fans. year, last year he had f- around five hundred rushing yards and four rushing touchdowns, which gives you know such a nice that's that gives you such a nice floor for fantasy. I mean, it pretty much wipes out any interceptions or turnovers that the guy has, if they have such, if that rushing floor. Um, But I'm thinking right around, I think he can even get in the end zone a little bit more. So I'm thinking 500 and or 600 rushing yards and five or six rushing touchdowns. So, you know, and like, I, I even said it last year, you know, I think I tempered my expectations in terms of win total. I knew, I knew they still have a lot of other holes, but I was, I was, I always had complete confidence in him being a good fantasy option. And I was right. He was quarterback eight last year as a rookie. And that really doesn't really happen besides, you know, Cam Newton had a fantastic rookie season. But quarterback eight as a rookie is very, very good. And um, I had full confidence that he was going to be a good fantasy asset at the very least. And now, you know, they start to fill in some of the holes. And I think they're going to turn around from an actual NFL standpoint in terms of wins. And I think his fantasy impact is going to even grow. I think he's got, you know, he i he could be the number one quarterback in fantasy it's definitely like possible so he, he's,
1: are you going to bet on him mvp
0: um i i don't know if i'm going to do any preseason bets this year i just i feel like i'm just going to keep all my money for fantasy this year and um but i don't know maybe i'll throw a little bit on him but i'm not 100% sure but yeah he's going to be he's a, he, i'm going to have him in at least two leagues because he's on my dynasty team he's going to be my keeper For our one keeper league, so I'm at least going to have him in two leagues, so I'm uh, couldn't be more excited about it. I'll be wearing his jersey on draft night. So (laughs) good, yeah. Wow, I cannot believe we agreed on all sixteen teams. Sorry, Hogline Nation, that we you didn't get more debates. I feel like we we debated
1: and we disagreed on the little bit of like who's to blame. That's something.
0: Yeah, but I feel like the AFC definitely brought more. Disagreement between us, and yeah. So sorry, we you didn't get as much debate this time, but um, you know, I'm sure there's going to be other stuff throughout the season that Jack and I can debate on. So uh, stay tuned for that. All right, there you have it. We've talked about all 32 teams in the NFL. The season is set to kick off two weeks from tonight on the date that we are recording. So the season is right around the corner, starting on Saturday. I've got four fantasy drafts and eight nights. You know, it's it's going to be a hell of a week. On Thursday, I have to get up for 6 a.m. for work, and I have a draft the, the previous night, so might not get oh, well. too much sleep that night. <laughs> we'll see about that, but hey, it's worth it for fantasy drafts. Always. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Football's football's back. I'm very excited. You know, there's obviously the, still the looming threat of the season being delayed or canceled or however, but uh, you know, I think they'll be all right. I think I did see a piece of good news that uh, there was only one guy on the COVID reserve list out of the whole entire NFL. Good. I think it was some yeah, Jaguars, no, they're
1: testing well. They are testing well, yeah.
0: Some Jaguars uh, offensive linemen, I believe it was. So, you know, they've done very well thus far. That's very encouraging to see. Obviously, that's not the end-all be-all. You know, we can certainly see outbreaks. That's definitely not out of the realm of possibilities. But, you know, it's going well so far, and it sounds like everything's being handled properly, and that is good to see yeah all right hogline nation thank you for tuning in um, as always you know feel inclined to share the show with anyone that you may know that may like it and um, you know the deal if you don't follow us on Instagram you can at, at hogline podcast and um, that'll that'll be all uh, thank you guys for listening and um, we'll catch you next week
1: close this out Justin